I'm Michelle White. Thanks for joining me on Happy Inside, the podcast where we talk about the behavioural and psychological aspects of IBS and other gut disorders too. It's every conversation you've wanted to have about your gut symptoms but couldn't. Everything that no one else is talking to you about is happening here. Clients frequently ask me when they complete the IBS recovery program, what can I do in the long term to help myself? And my answer is always the same, meditation. And I'll explain why. Over 90% of gut disorder clients have pronounced anxiety. And you might recognize this within yourself. It could be anxiety from your head, so the way your mind functions or anxiety coming from your gut dysfunction, or anxiety that you inherited through your genetics, or even learnt anxiety from your environment. Maybe you grew up in a household that did anxiety very well. So let's have a look at what anxiety actually is. There's a couple of definitions. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. So if we look at this in relation to gut symptoms, it might be, what's wrong with my gut? What's causing these symptoms? I don't know what to eat. Why is it getting worse? I don't know how to stop it. Or another definition is a strong desire or concern to do something or for something to happen. And again, in relation to the gut, it it looks like this. I, I can't sit with this. This is too uncomfortable. It's unbearable for me. Maybe if I just see another practitioner, they might be able to fix it. I can't possibly just do nothing about this. I'll Google it again and see what information I can find. Or another definition is apprehensive uneasiness or nervousness. The thing about anxiety is it's not in the now. It's the anticipation of future threat. So if we get some context around this, you know when you get a bog-standard cold, a sniffly nose and a stuffy head and a bit of a scratchy throat, and you tend to know it's a cold and you don't worry too much about it. You might drink some tea and suck on some lozenges and slow down a bit to rest. But ultimately, you continue on with life knowing that it will pass. It's the same if you grazed your finger or your knee. You give it that initial attention and then simply let it heal. You don't worry incessantly about it and anticipate that it will become worse. And you don't alter your life around it just in case it does. But you do that about your gut. I know about it. I see my clients doing it and I did it too. I mastered it. Like I said before... Over 90% of my clients experience pronounced anxiety. They were prone to anxiety before the gut disorder. And those tummy troubles have only served to exacerbate the anxiety. You see, the brain-gut axis is bidirectional. So messages send from the brain and your mind down the vagus nerve to your gut. And the gut also sends messages back up to the brain. And to complicate matters even more, if you have a leaky gut or a permeable gut wall, then food particles pass through the gut into your bloodstream, causing inflammation. And they can also pass through the blood-brain barrier and affect the function of your mind. 
But if we start by looking at the top down, we see that those worrisome, anxious thoughts are creating a stress response and activating your sympathetic nervous system, which interferes with your gut function. IBS is really just your gut being irritated by stress. It needs you to slow down. And during the program, we always attend to the relationship with your digestive system. It's as important as your relationship with your friends and your family, your loved ones and your partner. When we get really quiet and ask the digestive system what it needs from you, its message is always clear. It needs less, slower, quieter, more calm, kindness and care. It's the very opposite to what you've been giving it, which is worry, panic, stress, tension, hypervigilance. Your response to your gut symptoms is indicative of your response to circumstances in general. They're your inbuilt habitual patterns. Mine too. There's no judgment and criticism here about anxiety. I tend to call my mind active. It's a factual description about its function. It takes away any judgment. And I came to that via 16 years of meditation practice. But before I go into the benefits of meditation, I want to start by saying that the world in 2017 is brutal and human beings are struggling. We can't keep up and it's making us physically and emotionally sick. Our best choice is to take control of our own lives. Decide how you want to live, what's right for you, not what the rest of the world is doing. Because most of the world is trying to keep up too. We can't though. We can only listen to our body and our hearts and our minds and respond to them. That's it. A daily meditation practice will not only help you do the listening, but will slow down that chaos too. Now let's get the first myth of meditation out of the way. You cannot stop your mind completely. What you can do is slow it down and create more space between thoughts. And that, my friends, is bliss. And the objective is not to see how much you can slow your mind down, but to observe where your mind is in the moment. Having a point of focus helps that along. Some people use chanting. I use my breath. The breath is your anchor. It's the place to rest your mind against. It's only when you've consciously placed your attention on your breath that you have a contrast to see where your mind actually goes. And if it's anything like mine, it's off gallivanting around in all kinds of stories and rerunning yesterday's events and planning things in the future or even just having some random memory that has no apparent context to anything at all. But then what happens is you become aware of your mind in these processes and gently, without judgment or criticism, you bring yourself back to your breath, to the present moment. The breath is always in the present. You can't breathe a breath in the past 
and you can't breathe a breath in the future. You can only breathe a breath in this very moment. So if you're present with your breath, then you've arrived here. Whenever you're in anxiety, you're not here. But the breath can bring you here. And there's no better tool because it's always with you. Now you might be thinking the same thing clients say to me, but I can't meditate. I tried and I just couldn't focus my mind. This is my response. The first thing to remember is the objective is observing the mind without judgment and criticism, not to force it to stop. This will take the pressure off you straight away. It makes for a much more pleasant experience. Secondly, go to a class. Learn from a skilled teacher because there's so many elements of meditation that require support and training. You can't expect to know this on your own. Also, true meditation is not guided, so you're not getting this from an app. The meditation I'm talking about is the sit quietly by yourself for 20 to 30 minutes per day kind. The process is internal. It's observing the mind. It's knowing when your mind has pulled you into thinking and then gently coming back to your anchor over and over. And give it a minimum of three months of daily meditation before making that assessment that you can't do it. Because actually there is no, I can't do it anyway. Everyone can observe. What you're doing is gaining insight into the function of your mind, its activity, where it goes, how it gets there, and also learning how to bring it into presence. And this is why meditation is my answer for long-term wellness of the body and mind. Sarah Wilson starts the chapter on meditation in her latest book, First We Make the Beast Beautiful, with this. I'll say it dead straight because this is how it was presented to me. When you're an anxious type, meditation is non-negotiable. Now, I'm absolutely with her on this. A daily meditation practice provides a solid foundation and you definitely deserve to have that in your life. I'm Michelle White. And you've been listening to Happy Inside. You can follow Happy Inside on Facebook. And here's some other options. You can subscribe to Happy Inside on Apple Podcasts and leave your comments there. If one-on-one support is right up your alley, then the Happy Inside IBS Recovery Program is for you. If not, you can purchase the Happy Inside iPhone app. And if you already own it, Don't forget to review and rate it on the App Store. These details can be found at happyinside.com.au. Join me here each week for all those conversations that foster a happy inside.